Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. to do with uh, networking for introverts, <laughs> which, yeah, I tend to be a situational extrovert. I can actually get myself ramped up if I need to, to get into a, a conversation with folks in, in, in different settings. But yeah, I, by and large, I'm kind of an introvert in my, in my own way of uh, being and moving through the world. I, I certainly get recharged by myself. I don't get recharged in crowds necessarily. And who we have on the show today, Matthew Pollard, is probably the leading uh, expert in the world on how introverts can actually go about networking uh, effectively. So, Matthew, I want to welcome you to the show. It's great to have you here. Man, I'm ecstatic to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Now, yeah, the, the, just this notion of introverts networking. Uh, and when I, you know, yeah, you and I first met on the Office Hours uh, broadcast that David Meltzer and I do. Uh, I was very intrigued with how you were positioning this because there was a lot of efficacy to it. I mean, that, yeah, you have a pretty good roadmap for how folks that don't have a natural predisposition, you know, predisposition to kind of being out there can actually get themselves out there and actually leverage pretty effectively their networks. So, a couple of questions here, and I'll start with, because uh, this all kind of folds into how do we keep businesses growing and keep our businesses uh, themselves viable, and every business for me has a soul. So when you hear the term, the soul of business, kind of what does that bring up for you? And then we'll kind of look at the, the networking component to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, you know what's interesting, when, when I think about the soul of any small business, a lot of times businesses don't have a soul, and it's not from a lack of want when we first start our business. It's that usually when we think about our goals for our business, they, they read more like, I want this because I want to make this much money. I want, to, I want this because I, I want this many clients, as opposed to, I want this because I have, want to have this much of an impact on these types of people that had these specific needs. And what happens is that means we go out and we network and it becomes very much like, Oh, what is it you do? Well, I'm in, I'm in sales and marketing. Oh, I had a really bad experience with a sales trainer once in the past. And now you're like, oh, but I'm different. You've got to try me. Or you say you're in marketing and they're like, oh, I need a marketer. How much do you cost? And now you're talking about that. And all of a sudden you start to feel like you're trying to have conversations with people that are coming across as, hey, I'd love to have you as a client because I'm just dying to buy a brand new car, as opposed to I'm really passionate about helping this demographic of people. I mean, that's why I got into business for myself. I mean, in truth, everyone listening could have done something else. 
you chose to do this. There has to be passion behind it. But the problem is more often than not, our struggle to articulate it means that we come across as our business not having a soul. And then we feel, even if we're succeeding over time, that we don't have a soul. And it's all stemming from the same issue that we don't know how to communicate our value in a way that separates ourselves from a commodity box. And you know, it's as simple as saying something like, what is it that you do? Well, I'm the rapid growth guy, which is what I call myself, that separates myself from everyone else, because what's that? And then when they ask, I say, well, one of the things I just love to see is an amazing introverted service provider with enough talent, skill, and belief in themselves to start their own business. But what I find more often than not is I just hate seeing them stuck in that endless hamster wheel of struggling to find interested people, setting themselves apart and making the sale. Do you know anyone like that? And all of a sudden they're like, wow, this person really cares as opposed to this person just wants my money. That to me is the soul of a business. If you can't communicate why you truly care, well, why should anyone care about you? Yeah, spot on. Yeah. Yeah. A mentor of mine years ago said uh, something to the effect of people don't care what you think until they know how much you care. Um, and that kind of sums that whole thing up in a, in a nutshell here. Yeah. I had Ari Galper on the show not too long ago, and Ari uh, has got a whole philosophy around relationship selling. And you, you, you don't, the, the idea here is you never are, you, you never sell a thing. What you're doing is a positioning yourself as somebody that is uh, caring about your success in the future. And that, you know, that speaks to me about you know what you know, the the introverts edge because introverts tend to be fairly introspective to begin with um so that introspection is organized oftentimes in my experience and i you know, i think i'm the only one that i can i'm a universal one here yep. <laughs> uh but my experience of myself is that i will go internally and start talking to myself about what's important to me and that conversation made external, what's important to you, is partly what I'm thinking. And, and, and I've kind of perused your book a bit here. I haven't read the whole thing you know, and underlined it, but I have perused it. Uh, the, the idea of communicating care. How does an introvert do that? Now, I know that it's situational and it's very specific to the individual, but just generally, you've got a bit of a roadmap uh, you know, articulated that I think is worth sharing. Yeah, absolutely. So firstly, the problem, the reason why introverts specifically struggle to communicate care is for a few reasons. I mean, the first thing is that, yes, I mean, introverts predominantly are better active listeners and more empathetic than the average extrovert. Now, don't get me wrong, extroverts can learn these skills. I mean, the way I look at it is everyone has their skills gaps. Like the problem is that extroverts, while they'll go out and get training to become more empathetic and to listen, introverts believe that they can't learn to sell and network. They believe there's this wall there, which means, I mean, who's going to try and run a marathon if you don't believe you can finish? right? So it's important to, for every introvert to realize that you're not a second class citizen, your path to success is just different. And in truth, you can learn a system that not will just be able to allow you to survive in a so called extroverted world, but actually dominate because the world's not an extroverted world. It's just the way you're trying to network the way you're trying to sell is not usually the way that's going to work for you. Now you see a lot of people trying to be more extroverted out in the networking world and that I mean, you're either going to be really bad at that, which I tend to be, or you're going to pull it off, but you're going to feel inauthentic when you go home. You're going to replay all the events that happen in your head and you're not going to be able to sleep that night. So for me, I look at introversion as, as something simple. So 
yes, I, I, I love networking, by the way. I love selling. I love speaking from stage. I love doing podcast interviews like this. Why? Because I'm planned and prepared. Because if I'm not planned and prepared, I get stuck in my head trying to work out what to say. I'll always say the wrong thing. But because I'm planned and prepared and because I'm mission focused and I know what stories to tell, I always know I present the best version of myself, which means I love it. Does that mean I'm not tired afterwards? No, I'm like a kid at Disneyland. I can do a bunch of podcasts just like a kid can do a bunch of rides and not really feel it until I stop and then I'll hit the pillow just like they will after a day there. So you have to understand that introversion is just this, where you draw your energy. The reason why I feel most introverts really struggle to communicate care is even though they go into business for themselves, usually because they want to have an impact, what happens is they then have to get practical. We have to get realistic. We have to get logical about what we're going to be able to do. So what we tend to do is broaden who we can help because when you start, any client's a good client, right? Well, no, because you can't help everyone the same way and you don't care about everyone the same way. Like, don't get me wrong. I can definitely help extroverts really well with sales systemization. Brian Tracy says the top 10% of all sales performers have a planned presentation, introvert or extrovert regardless. But the truth is I just care more about helping introverts because I believe that they wear their heart on their sleeve a little bit more. I believe they need a little bit more help and I believe that they're gonna listen to me a lot more because I'm an introvert that really struggled when I started and found my way to success. So I believe I can help them more and I believe that they need help more. So passion becomes everything for me. What I find though, is that the average introvert sits down and says, okay, I need to think about how to grow my business. And all they think about is the practicalities of how they're going to do that or the strategies they're gonna to use to get clients. And they don't really think about sales and marketing because that's the thing that they didn't wanna be in business for, right? They, they got into business to work with the people they love, helping people with the thing they love to do, but then they went, oh gosh, I, I've gotta sell. And that's not what they learned in school. They think they can't do it. So what happens is they go into networking rooms and they'll have a dialogue that is an unplanned conversation where they're either stuck in their head or behaving in a way that feels uncomfortable. And of course, passion and care doesn't come out because they're uncomfortable, they're not prepared. And so because of that, they're thinking about what they need to say and then the moment's gone. And now all of a sudden they haven't presented the best version of themselves. It's a vicious cycle. The key to being all about the other person is to go in with a plan. Like when I go to a networking event, the first thing I do is I go where my niche hangs out. So you have to know who your niche is, right? Now, secondly, you don't want your niche to be way too broad when you first start. Like when I first started in my last business, I just worked with electricians that worked on a trade site. Why? Because the first time I sat down with one and I asked what problems they had in their business, I actually didn't have a clue. So when they asked, I was genuinely interested. But by the time I sat down with the 30th, I knew their problems better than they knew themselves. Didn't have to be I've like an extrovert at that point. I knew, I came across like a mind reader to them. So by niching down, it was really helpful. But then I go to a networking event and these days, I mean, you can find that group on LinkedIn. You can connect to their LinkedIn profiles on Meetup. You can go and look at the Facebook group of the last month when they had the group and the photos and see who was tagged and connect with all those people in advance. I go profile shopping before I go to any event so I know who's gonna be there, who I wanna meet, so I don't end up stuck talking to that person that wants to show me insurance. Now, once I get to the event, I, I, I'm prepared, I'm planned. I know a little bit about them because I maybe looked at what they'd been posting on LinkedIn and I make it all about them. I'm interested before I'm interesting. Now, extroverts will talk about themselves and introverts think that that's the key to success, which is why we tend to shy away from what I call transactional networking, which is, do you wanna buy from me? What about you? What about you? What about you? No introvert wants to do that. They end up doing more aimless networking where they have these shallow conversations about themselves. They almost put down what they do because they don't wanna come across as salesy. 
Being strategic means you ask them questions about what they do because you're genuinely interested. You, you pay attention to them, you actively listen, you empathize with what's going on. If they just got a promotion, if they just got fired, if they've had a great day or a bad day, if they were stuck in traffic. But eventually, what will happen is they will say, oh my gosh, Matthew, I can't believe, I haven't, we've spent all this time talking about me, I can't believe I haven't asked you about you. What is it that you do? And then you need to have something to say. Now you can say, here's what I do, here's why I'm so great, and here's all the things that I can do to, to help you, which is a download of functional information, which they'll take on like a fire hose and run for the hills. Or you can do what a lot of other people do, which is say, try and elicit a problem within them and then start coaching them on the fly. And they're like, oh, hang on a second, I just met you, how dare you do this? Or you can speak about your passion and mission for serving that community and then go into a story. And the science behind story is powerful that really transitions that conversation into something that again is relatable to them. If you make it all about them from a point of passion about helping someone external, a mission to help someone external, a story about someone else that has the same problem as they have, all of a sudden they're hooked to you. Now, of course, you don't want to be in the commodity box, so you don't want to introduce yourself by your functional skill. But if you know how to separate yourself at the beginning, you talk about your passion and then move into a story about someone else, they're going to want to hire you if they're in your niche or not, because they've just probably never experienced something that powerful before. And, you know, now, as an introvert, you are very excitable. <laughs> well, every introvert is, by the way. So this is the that. thing. You want, to talk to me, you want to talk to me about sports? I'm going to have nothing to say and I'm going to be pretty unimpactful. You want to talk Do to you, me about introversion yeah. and small business success? I'm going to, everyone's going to get, there's no way that you're introverted. Right. And that's what I wanted to mark out because everything that you're organizing around has to do with tapping into that thing that's important to you for the sake of what i want to make a difference i want to make a difference how do i make a difference how do i best make a difference how do i how do i position making a difference so that you can really appreciate that i can make a difference with you i mean i can get excited about that and and it's evident in the way that you position yeah everything that you're talking about here um we're going to take a real brief break when we come back I want to unbundle this a little bit, yeah, because you know there's a, there is a roadmap here, and I want to you know, I, you know I, I pulled out you know five major or four major things here that I want to you know just kind of touch on uh, as as we come back uh, or when we come back. So, um, talking with Matthew Pollard, and we'll be back in just a moment. I want to thank you for listening. Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to blainebartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu. I'd like you to click on Leadership Mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have uh, structured a mastermind program that is very unusual and it is very powerful. And by going onto that site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52-week-long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast-changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these Soul of Business podcasts, how does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business? That's what we look at. That's what we're about 
in this mastermind program. So again, go to blainebartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the Leadership Mastermind program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. Welcome back. I am uh, speaking with Matthew Pollard, and we are talking about an oxymoron here, introverts networking. And it actually isn't so much of an oxymoron because a large part of what goes on here has to do with where do you get your energy? You know, what charges you up in life? And for an extrovert, in this broad generality, but extroverts get charged up by being in, you know, in groups of people. And it's uh, almost a, 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 a scattergun approach in terms of, you know, they're, they're, it's not directional. I just want to show up. And because I'm here, you're here, whew, we're off to the races. Introverts are a little bit different. And this is one of the things that I wanted to start to focus on. Um, and it's, it has to do with where do you draw your energy from? And you talked about going to a networking event, quote, unquote, with a plan. And so as, a, as an introvert myself, I know that there, there's validity in what you're saying here. If I go in with, without a, a focus, I feel myself drawn to the wall. <laughs> so I can just kind of watch because I don't know what to execute on. And I don't mean execute in the sense of you know, driving home a point, but execute in the sense of what's the conversation that I want to have and with whom do I want to have it. So you, you talked a little bit here about, number one, knowing your niche. So as you know, if I'm going to a networking event, how do I begin to identify what niche I need to be paying attention to, which will then lead to... Um, you know, the idea of uh, um, a, a, a practical, uh, well, we'll talk about that in just a minute here. I just wrote a note down here that I can't read my writing. Um, but, you know, knowing your niche, yeah, yeah how so do you start off with that? There's a couple of really interesting points here. So firstly, the natural introversion response to this would be explain exactly what I mean. Now, this mm -hmm. is what introverts do all the time at networking events. We start using logical jargon and then people walk away and they remember none of it. So I tend to suggest to people in networking events that they use stories and you should use stories on podcasts from stage presentations. There's a few reasons for that, especially for us introverts. But you know, the reticular activating system of our brain activates when we tell stories, which synchronizes our brain, super powerful. The, you know, it creates artificial rapport that introverts are great at turning into real rapport. Second, it short circuits the logical brain, which is the part of the brain going, I don't have time for this, this, will work for, this won't work for me, that might, maybe, how much is it? No, I don't have time, hang up. Right, the emotional part of the brain, which literally short circuits the logical when it hears a story, just goes story time and it listens. And that's, I mean, that's why we use, you know, movies, people will sit down for three hours and watch a movie without going to the restroom, yet for some reason they can't watch a documentary for 20 minutes without having to get up, they're hungry, they've got to go to the restroom, how long has this really got to go? And then thirdly, people remember up to 22 times more information when embedded into a story, which means that firstly, the story, the story makes it more tangible to them and it stops you throwing so much jargon in there that's gonna overwhelm them, but they're gonna remember more of what you say. So I'm gonna give you an example and I'm gonna tie it to a story so you can see how well this works. But when we talk about niching, right? The first thing you've got to understand is who you predominantly work with. And I, you know, I worked with a client, Wendy, a while back, and she was a language coach. She taught kids and adults Mandarin, and she charged 50 to $80 an hour for private consultation. And she calls me and she's like, Matt, I've got a real problem. You know, people are moving into California. They're willing to charge 30 to $40 an hour to start their businesses. On top of that, there's people in China offering to do it for $12 an hour on Craigslist, thanks to this global economy we now live in. And there's even technology now. I'll teach you Mandarin, you teach me 
Mandarin will just won't charge anyone anything. So she's competing against free. She's like, so how do I compete in this crowd marketplace? I'm like, that's really a tough question. Yes, I can teach you tech techniques and I can show you how to do things, but you're already kind of losing because they're starting with a, you're this commodity and this is how much you should charge. So what I want to do is show you how to avoid the battle altogether. First thing I want to do is understand what you do differently for your clients. And she'd worked with hundreds of clients over the years, but there were two people specifically she seemed to help with a lot more. And these were executives being relocated to China. And she helped them understand these really three really important concepts. The first thing was their difference in rapport. Like, you know, for us, if we're having a sales conversation, if I'm really bad at my job at the end of 45 minutes, I might say something horrible like, so do you want to move forward? And we know the deal, right? You'll say yes, no, everyone's favorite. Let me think about it. Now, let me ask you, if I came back a week from now and you still said you wanted to think about it, my chances of getting that sale are almost none, right? In the American world. Right. Okay, well, in China, they're going to want to see you five or six times before they even discuss business. They're probably going to want to see you drunk over karaoke once or twice. It's just who they are. But they're talking about 25, 50, 100 year deals, not transactional 12 or 24 month contracts. And she helped them understand that. She helped them understand the difference between e commerce in China and the West and also the importance of respect, like learning the language isn't enough. You've got to reduce your accent, how to handle a business card, and why it matters so much. And I'm like, Wendy, stop. You're doing so much more for these people than just language tuition what are you doing? And she's like, well, they're just a few things. I'm just trying to help. Here's the thing. The reason why people struggle with niching is they don't recognize their unique skills. Now, everybody listening today is doing things for their clients that they don't appreciate and they don't use in the conversations when they're trying to get their clients as a selling factor, but they do it anyway to support. It's what they see as just good service. I said, Wendy, you're stuck in your functional skill. Is it fair to assume as a result of the assistance that you're giving these people, they're gonna be more successful when they get to China? And she's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the point, right? I said, great, so let's call you the China success coach. When you meet people in a networking event, say that. But secondly, let's create what we ended up calling the China Success Intensive, which was a five-week program that worked with the executive, the spouse, and any children being relocated to China. Now, she loved the idea of this, but she's like, well, who do I sell it to? What she's saying is, what niche group, right? So what right. I said is, well, who do you think your ideal client is? And she said, well, I think it's the executive. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I get it. I moved from Australia to the US. That was terrifying. Imagine going to China where they don't speak the same language. I said, I just don't think it's your ideal client. She said, well, obviously it's the corporation that will pay. I mean, they've often got a lot, a million dollars, $2 million riding on the executive being successful. I said, yeah, I get that. Still not seeing it. I don't think it's the right fit. So she's like frustrated with me now. She's like, well, who then? I said, I personally think your ideal client is the immigration attorney. She's like, what? I'm like, think about it. These people charge maybe $7,000. They've got to do the visa, the bureaucracy that comes with that. They've got to get the client, which isn't cheap. They've got offices to pay for, staff to pay for. They'd be lucky to make $3,000. I said, so just start going to immigration attorney meetup groups and networking events and offer them $3,000 for a successful introduction. I mean, they loved it. They were like, double my money for a simple introduction. What do I have to say? When he said, all you gotta do is say, congratulations, you've now got your visa. I just wanna double check you're as ready as possible to be relocated to China. And they'd be, yeah, yeah, I think we're good. Overconfident executive. We've got our place sorted now. We've got our visa. Thank you. You know, we're learning the language. Kids are getting pretty good at it too. I think we're set. And all they respond with is there's actually a lot more to it than that. I think you need to speak to the China success coach. By networking with immigration attorneys, when you got the opportunity to be on the phone with the easiest sellers in the world, they were terrified to go. The organization was motivated to pay, recommended by their attorney. She charged $30,000 for this minus the 3,000 commission. She made 27,000 for the easiest sale in the world. So that's the power of firstly, 
having unified message so you can go to networking events and not be commoditized. I say I'm the rapid growth guy. Wendy says she's the China success coach. Then knowing where your niche is, for Wendy, it was immigration attorneys. For me, it's introverted service providers. That's where I go. I find organized uh, groups that have a lot of those, finance, technology, insurance tends to have a lot as well. So those are the events that I will go to. And that all of a sudden gives me an advantage over everyone in the room because I picked that because it's what I'm great at, but we tend to be passionate about what we're great at too. It makes it really easy to communicate our passion. I love that. I mean, that I believe, Matthew, honestly, that story in and of itself is worth the price of admission to this, <laughs> this episode of, of the soul of business. Because, and folks, as you're listening to this, I, you know, I really want you to take uh, under advisement what Matthew's talking about here. What you think is your niche is probably not your niche in any way, shape, or form. And that you, you have to be able to get out of being a commodity, to being seen as a commodity, because you are, at that point, subject to just price sensitivity, and, and you're never going to win. You're never going to win in that battle. Uh, particularly in today's world. Um, Matthew, where can people find out more about what you're up to? Because we have just literally scratched the surface and I was afraid this was gonna happen <laughs> based on the conversation we had in the uh, the office hours uh, segment. Uh, you, you have got such a rich, rich portfolio of information here that can be leveraged, not just by introverts, but by anybody that wants to rapidly grow their organization, their business and themselves. So where, where can people find out more about what you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you asking. So firstly, you know, you don't have like my books are called The Introvert's Edge. You don't have to buy my books. You know, the I, I, I provide the first chapter of each book. My publisher hates me when I say this, but both books in the first chapter, you will learn in the sales book how to overcome your belief you can sell. And then it will give you the seven steps to literally if you grab those seven steps, put, you already say under them. First thing you'll realize there's some things out of order. Then you'll realize some things don't fit. Throw that out. You shouldn't be saying it to clients. And then you'll feel like there's some gaping holes, usually around telling the right stories, asking great uh, questions. If you fill in those gaps, you will double your sales in the next 60 days. And you can get that at theintrovertsedge.com. You can get the Introverts Edge to networking at theintrovertsedge.com forward slash networking, where I'll do the same thing, make you understand why you make the best networker and then give you the system for that. But my backstory is, I mean, I learned to sell after 93 doors of rejection and getting thrown into a door-to-door commission role by watching YouTube videos. It was a horrific experience and I wanna make sure no one else has to go through it. So I put a ton of free content out on social media. You'll find videos and training courses and you know, even my books have free video implementation trainings in the back you don't have to pay for because I'm committed to helping introverts realize they can succeed. So go and check out the first chapters, go and check out the free videos and learn that you can make an amazing salesperson, an amazing networker. Gosh, you will excel in all of these, I call them so-called extroverted arenas because really I think we dominate in all of them. Oh, I love it, I love it. Folks, you've been listening to Matthew Pollard. Um, introvertsedge.com and absolutely take him up on this. Uh, you will not regret it. I can guarantee that. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and I'd love to have you come back because like I said, we have just scratched the surface. So um, let's just explore that option as well, my friend. <laughs> Mate, I would love that. It'd be my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. You bet, Matthew. You take care. Folks, you've been listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett. And uh, Check out what we're up to, blainebartlett.com. Um, again, you know, in the spirit of free resources, there's a lot of stuff there that you can uh, take advantage of. And uh, I look forward to seeing you back here on the next episode of The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. Have a great week.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.